the National Archives podcast series, Irish Land Records, presented by Sharon Hinsey. Thank you, Jill. This talk, incidentally, I'm staggered at the number of you who are willing to tear yourselves away from the 1911 yeah. to come and listen to a talk on any other topic today. <laughs> and I'm well aware that I'm not really the world expert on Irish records. So if you are, and you happen to be sitting here, and I say something that you think needs correction, please shout out. Let's not leave everybody else in the dark. I am going to give a talk which is based largely on records which are accessible at the London Family History Center, which is opposite the Science Museum on Exhibition Road. It is uh, a family history center organized and run by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and it's free for anyone to use. But we'll go through the different kinds of records that we have. Now, we're very motivated to learn about land records in Ireland in a way that we're not so motivated in England because of the absence of the censuses and because of the later start of the civil registration. The first thing that I'm going to do, though, is to show you that there is a very large range of records uh, from Ireland which are not uh, land records and which can also be very valuable and helpful to you. And we will refer to a couple of these. For the people in the podcast, these include cemetery records. There are fragments of censuses and, of course, the 1901 and 1911. Civil registration is widely thought to have disappeared. It hasn't disappeared at all. It's complete. It just starts in 1864. There are many, many church records, directories, and then maps and pedigrees. And the normal, there's a hole in the probate records, but there still are probate records, school records, taxation records, and voting records. And while some of them are classes of records that you wouldn't normally use in England, in Ireland, everything, of course, is Irish, and that means that it's beguiling in a way, and you have to search it out. Now, today, I'm going to focus, and we have records of all of these types at uh, Exhibition Road, which is actually the best place on this island to look for Irish records. Today I'm talking about land records, and I'm going to do it a little bit chronologically, starting with what are called the tithe plotment books. Now, the tithe plotment books were made because uh, there was a requirement to pay tithing to the Church of Ireland. You can imagine how popular this was in certain counties. But the valuation was taken to, to establish a base for tithe, so in a certain way you can say, it's a sort of a 19th century dooms book, isn't it? <laughs> and then Griffiths is similar when we get to it, where you make a big valuation across the whole country to try to figure out who's got what so that you can ask them for some kind of money with some kind of excuse on it. I uh, try here to be non-sectarian, but it's pretty clear that the exemptions were applied unfairly you didn't have to pay the tax. If you were a large landholder that had pastures, you didn't pay any tithing on that. But a poor man who had two hills of potatoes behind his house had to pay tithing to the local church of Ireland, um, a vicar. 
The valuation does not show genealogical information per se. What it shows is the occupiers of agricultural holdings listed with the amount of land and then the corresponding tithing which is due. Because these were taken between 1823 and 1837, they establish a kind of, if you will, uh, first quarter to second quarter, uh, 19th century view of who had how much land. Now, what I'm going to do is to show you some examples, some images um, of them. But before I do, I have to give you some bad news about them and some good news about them. The bad news is that there are no records extant for the whole country, although they are quite, uh, they, they do cover wide area. And the really bad news, which I'm sure will be solved in, I would say, the next couple of years, is that right now only the six counties of Northern Ireland have been indexed. So if you knew your person were in County Cork, you're going to be looking for quite some time because there's no name index. And we have all become spoiled very quickly about expecting that something will lead us to a name index. The good news is that the six county index is online and you could look at it if you have an ancestry subscription at home uh, or you can look at it in any library or facility which has uh, uh, ancestry.co.uk. Now I'm going to show you, I think, what an entry looks like. This one is from County Waterford, so it's not from one of the places which would show up on ancestry. And it says allotment of the amount of composition for the tithes of the parish of whatever, Drum, and the county of Waterford payable to the Reverend William Bush. And here's uh, the denomination, the landlord, and the critical bit is the occupier because it's the occupier who's now having, again, we're taxing the poor man and not the man who owns the land. We're tithing the man who's occupying the land. And here is Mulcahy, and here's Mr. Brown, and here's Mr. And you see, this is the acres, and this is the waste, and then on this side of the page comes the amount of tithing due. So if your relative were this person, John Brown, on line two, where it says uh, he ha has four acres, then on the corresponding side will be uh, an amount of money that he would be supposed to pay to this particular vicar. And it meant, therefore, that you can imagine that the local Church of Ireland vicars throughout the island must have been extremely unpopular individuals because this money was paid directly to the opposing clergyman in your area if you were <laughs> a Catholic. So I can imagine that they would have been. And we'll come later to the reaction to this kind of tithe. But that's what they look like. Here is another book with a different uh, parish, and here's the occupier, Mr. John Curtin. It's telling you how much he has, how much rent he pays, how much the acreable value is, and lists in here it says this is the quality of the land, third quality, fourth quality. It's, in a way, it's a simple form of a survey, isn't it? Because you get charged more if your land is a higher quality and less. So, for example, here he has 1,433 acres, but it's all mountain. And he's charged, therefore, little on the other side. 
So he owns half a mountain, but he doesn't have to pay too much tithing. I think that this is the other half of the entry we've just looked at and showing the value and with a note that the gentleman pays this amount of rent for the entire land, which as you can see was about 1,500 acres. So he's a quite a well-to-do occupier. Towns and buildings come into the Griffiths valuation, but this is an agricultural thing. You remember the tithe barns that you've seen in parishes in England. It's that kind of thing. That was an agricultural thing. Now, if you were going to search these in Ancestry, I find, I don't know how you find Ancestry, the hard part about Ancestry is to find the record class that you know is in there that you're trying to search. And uh, you can do that. They have various ways that you can uh, find that. There are ways where you can see the whole catalog. There are key word searches. If you say Ireland, as the place you're trying to search and then look for land and property records, you will find it in that list. And then you can click a button and come to searching the tithe allotment books um, in this way. And it works. When you do it, you get an entry. And I've typed in the name, which is a family name of mine, McLean. And uh, my people are from County Noun, Down, but remember, that this index, which is here, is only going to show you six Northern Ireland counties, which is why you see down in Armagh and Antrim and Londonderry and so on, and you don't see Cork. Now, if you have a memory, you'll remember that I just showed you an illustration from the county of Cork and another one from the county of Waterford. So it doesn't mean that there aren't tithe allotment books for other counties. It means that the only thing you can search online automatically is the six Northern Irish counties, which is good for me because that's where my people were from. And they were probably less inclined to be really mad at the Reverend whatever. Now, the tithe allotment uh, books for, uh, have been all filmed by the LDS Church, and we have the complete set of films at Exhibition Road. Now, the good news for you is that if you know where your relative was listed, the catalog for the allotment books is actually organized by place. And so you can go, this shows just the beginning of that catalog showing places that begin with A. And as far as I know, the places that are shown here are parishes. I don't think they're townlands, I think they're parishes. I'll go home and look into it and find that I'm wrong, but I think they're parishes. And that would tell you the Family History Library film number that you would want to look at, and you would find that we would have that. Now, it doesn't mean, and I need to stress again, that every parish has a tithe allotment book. But there are some across, as far as I know, all of the counties but only six counties with indexes. So if you want to have a go and your people are from one of the parishes, for example, here, here's a parish called Aglish. I don't know how you pronounce that. I'm not very good at Irish. Ambrose Town, I can almost say. Then you would come and ask for that film, turn to the part of the film which has Ambrose Town on, and start looking for your ancestor's name. One of the glories of Irish records is in what small groups the Irish lived. And that's why 
if you know the townland and you know the parish, you can get right to where there aren't more than six or seven families that are in that tiny little place. They give a name to every two houses by the side of the road. And that's a very, very useful thing if you happen to know what that name is. In this case, if you were seeing this, uh, all you would see in the record on ancestry is the name of the person, the place where they were living, and the year, because there is no image which shows you the written record as I showed you is on the film. What you would be able to do if your ancestor on ancestry, if your uh, relative was from Northern Ireland, you would type them in, you would find, oh yes, he's listed in this record. And in his case, this uh, valuation was done in 1828. In the other case, you would have to go and look at the parish where you think your person is, rummage around in it and see if you can find the name of your person. Even if that were my person, I would then be looking for Edenderry in the LDS film index, finding the film number that I want and going to look at the entry to see how many acres and what the value was and what class of land was, first, second, third, and fourth, mountain, bog. There are all kinds of descriptions that can be given. Is that clear? No genealogical information, but you have the link of a person that you are related to to a certain place, and you learn something about that place. You can see whether he had more land, less land than his neighbors, and whether his land was better or worse than the man next door. The next great thing about which everyone has heard is called Griffith's valuation. Now this is not a church tithing situation. This is a situation where everybody's productive capacity of all of their property, buildings, land, and everything was assessed for taxation purposes. The valuation books are for each barony or poor law union, and they do show the names of the tenants, the names of the owners, the acreages, and the valuation and the description, well, the valuation of buildings and land. That's the report. I forgot to say that the tithe plotment is basically a snapshot of land occupiers before the famine, whereas since most of Griffiths was taken after the famine, Griffiths is really a, a description of occupiers and holdings after the famine or during the famine, depending on the time that, that the record was taken. These records were published. As far as I know, the uh, tithe plotment books never were. These records were actually published in a printed form, and I will show you an example of that. And you can look at the printed form. There is a national index for Griffith's valuation. It's available in more than one place. And you can look at the printed form online. So and the other comment that I should make is I think it's just wonderful that there's a gap of roughly a generation between the tithe allotment and Griffith's valuation. So if your people were sedentary and they stayed, you may well see the occupier as grandpa in the tithe plotment and then one of the sons uh, in the next in, in Griffith's valuation. The index to the tenants of Griffith's valuation has been published in many ways 
for a number of years. Uh, there was a CD uh, for a long time, and the index to the tenants, therefore, is available on Ancestry, and it's also available on British Origins. British Origins has uploaded the images of the actual reports. And I'm not sure that I put, I've given you a handout, and I don't think the handout says anything about British origins. I can't remember. Anyway, have a look. Now, what uh, the slide tells you is that on Exhibition Road, we keep microfilms of all the summary reports, but you now don't need those because we also have on Exhibition Road a subscription to British origins, a library subscription. So if you want to look up your person in the index and then see the report immediately, you can do that at Exhibition Road without having to subscribe to either Ancestry or to British Origins. So now for the printed reports, you're, you're pretty well uh, served online. The bottom bullet, however, on this slide is the thing that I think is great because I don't know any way to see the actual valuation book today, although these may well come up eventually, except to come and look at the LDS microfilms of these valuation books. And I'm going to show you what they look like so that your appetite will be whetted. I think first I trot you through how to go about doing it in Ancestry, and it's the same sort of thing. And you get the same kind of record in Ancestry if you look at the image. It just gives you the name of the person and tells you, in this case, he lives in a town, Banbridge, and it tells you which street he lives on. But it doesn't give you any more information. The summary report, however, does give you his name, and it gives you a description of the uh, property to which he's an occupier. It tells you whether it's land or whether it's a house, and the Irish word here, offices, is used for outbuildings or any kind of building that isn't a dwelling land uh, thing. And so in this particular uh, barony of Magonini, no, something like that, in the Union of Killarney, in the parish of Agado, here is a list of the townlands and the occupiers. So the first townland is Agacurin. You see, and there, as I tell you, in each townland there are not that many occupiers. In this case, there are eight. One of them is a woman who is the occupier and the immediate lessors and the description. And then comes the area, acres, rods, and perches. And then the rateable annual valuation depending on the acres, rods, and perches and the valuer's assessment of this land. And then a summary of the land value and the building value comes to such and such a total and then gives you the same total for the whole town land. Now this is quite a bit more exact than you have in the tithe allotment, partly because it includes the assessment of the offices and the houses as well as the land. Now I'm going to show you what the treasure that I've told you is behind this looks like. So if you take one of those, all of a sudden, now you're looking at the kind of report that a surveyor might write today if he was sent to a corner of the Irish countryside to value the land. And in this case, he says that there are 80 acres, three rods, 
and 37 perches of rugged limestone pasture with a very thin indented skin producing a rather hard herbage about one-fifth tolerable. Also, poor, dry, shallow, rocky arable in patches with a little moory. Well, now that's <laughs> it's a very Irish description, but it's also a very, it's a very clear professional description of what the piece of land is. The bad news is that you'll notice that on the page you can't see who the occupier is. What you can see is that you're in a particular parish, and now you're in the townland of Glasbolly, and here's a description. So how can you match this to the Griffiths? Well, it's actually not that hard, is it? Because I showed you what the summary report looks like. There aren't going to be more than, at most, let's say a dozen people in most of the little townlands. And all you have to do is match up the number of acres, rods, and perches, and then you know which one he's writing about. That's why it's going to be a long time before these things get indexed. Can you see? Because there are no, no people names to index them on. You could index to the townland, and then you could somehow you'd have to transcribe the whole blessed townland. But it's wonderful, wonderful material and I think makes all the difference over the printed report, which just gives you these acres, rods, and perches, and the amount of the buildings, and so on and so forth. Here is the continuation of the same uh, report in which he's talking about waste at houses, which undoubtedly is the yard out